Hello, I'm Pat Roberts, the Managing Director of LNG Worldwide Consulting, and I'm producing this podcast in collaboration with the World LNG and Gas Series. Now, for the last few weeks, we've had guest interviews where the format has been a discussion of contemporary news and patterns and trends in the market. The format is now switching back to our more typical roundup of global LNG news and some shared insights. And the theme this week is in the hot seat. Many parts of the world are experiencing extremely hot weather, with the UK, for example, recording temperatures which are hotter than 99% of the planet. You might say that was an outlier week, but throughout the EU, temperatures have been rising above 40 degrees, leading to a flight to increased gas burn for air conditioning. And there's never a good time for this, but the European Union is preparing to call for personal and company-wide restraint in gas consumption, and they're promoting a target that the EU should reduce its demand by 15% between August 2022 and March 2023. The idea is to help manage a situation where if Russian gas supplies are cut off, the region has a plan. And that plan is aptly called Save Gas for a Safe Winter. Already, some of the EU members are saying they do not intend to try to promote this. But it really puts the EU into the hot seat. They're trying to manage an unprecedented situation of promoting voluntary demand destruction ahead of what could be even worse, which is formal rationing. It's all about trying to get the energy supply demand back into balance and to insulate the European region from an even worse energy crisis in terms of physical supply and consequently rising spot prices and high volatility. On to the macro level, the World Bank latest economic prospects forecasts that the world economy is expected to experience its sharpest deceleration in more than 80 years. In nominal terms, oil, gas and coal prices have all reached historic highs, but in real terms, it's only European natural gas which has reached an all-time high price, substantially above its peak in 2008. Coal prices, though, are getting close to their 2008 peak, but oil prices remain some way off. Renewable energy remains competitive despite manufacturing cost inflation, and that's mainly because of the relative rise in fossil fuel prices. But there simply isn't enough renewable energy short term to make a structural difference to the energy crisis that we have. And high prices are doing a lot of damage. They're reducing real disposable income, they're raising production costs, they're tightening financial conditions, and they're constraining government policy options. Gas prices, according to the World Bank, really need to fall to stabilise fertiliser prices and other essentials, which will add to underlying inflation. And given there is a finite amount of gas in supply at the moment, it is demand destruction which is the next obvious pathway. The World Bank in its report recognised the importance of natural gas and says that major production increases worldwide will be essential for breaking out of stagflation and restoring non-inflationary growth. So lots of very positive messages here. In summary, the world needs more gas. Plan that right now 
for 2025 and beyond, and in the meantime, manage the ultra-tight gas supply resources carefully. In big company news, the French government has announced it will fully nationalise EDF to achieve more control over restructuring the group and managing EDF, which the state already owns 84%. It's one of Europe's biggest utilities and it sits at the heart of France's nuclear strategy, which the government is banking on to blunt the impact of soaring energy prices if there are to be any sudden halts from Russian gas supplies. But unfortunately, there have been years of delay on building new nuclear plants in France and Britain, and there have been several budget overruns as well, in the tune of billions of euros. At current market prices, this balancing stake would be worth around 5 billion euros. That's 5.1 billion US dollars. And this year, half of EDF's ageing nuclear reactors in France are actually offline, partly due to corrosion problems, forcing EDF to cut nuclear output repeatedly at a time, of course, when Europe is scrambling to find alternative energy solutions to Russian gas. And sticking with Russian gas in other big company news, Gazprom's supply to Europe and to India has been in the news throughout the week. The will it won't it startup of Nord Stream 1? Well, it is starting up today, Thursday, the 21st of July, after 10 days of scheduled maintenance though only at 40% of its capacity. And the uncertainty game is rife, with Russia saying it may have to reduce its throughput again if a Siemens compressor, which has been serviced in Canada and was initially caught up in sanctions, doesn't arrive at the pipeline station quickly. Adding to this, Reuters announced on July the 14th that Gazprom had declared force majeure on some of its customers regarding deliveries via the pipeline to Europe and the FM notice was retroactive to June the 14th and claimed that Gazprom was unable to fulfil deliveries from that date due to exceptional circumstances. If this is indeed found to be a valid force majeure within the contract structure, it will protect Gazprom from some contractual obligations and liabilities. And then on July the 19th, Reuters reported again that Gazprom had missed an LNG shipment to Gale in India but unclear as to what was the circumstances around this. The reaction from the markets, well, TTF has been volatile and high and is sitting around $45 per MBTU for most of the week. These are certainly such difficult and tense times for everybody. And actively trading LNG will put traders right in the hot seat at this moment. Moving on. Italy has signed an increased nine BCMA deal with Sonatrach Algeria for a start in 2023, and this will probably push Algeria to be the biggest gas supplier to Italy at around 33 BCMA. And in other big company news, ENI is likely to increase its EMP activity in Algeria. On now to LNG stats and trends, and with several bottlenecks in the UK and the interconnector to mainland Europe, it's turning out that the gate terminal in the Netherlands is the best place to help move gas into Germany. And in fact, MVP in the UK is trading at a hefty discount to TTF. Currently, that's around six or seven dollars per MBTU below TTF. And it represents all of the terrible bottlenecks that there are where the UK is awash with gas, but simply can't move it logistically into Europe. 
But on the positive front, just in the last week or so, Centrica has been awarded a gas storage license for the UK. On now to prospective supply projects, and Chenier has signed a 1.8 million tonne per annum SPA with PetroChina, due to start in 2026 and continue through to 2050, making this now the deal with the longest life for Chenier in its portfolio. 0.9 MTPA of this deal is contingent on a positive FID for the next stage of Corpus Christi, and that follows the phase three, which has just recently taken FID. So it shows you that there's still a lot more development there for Chenier, and it is very successful, I think, in continuing to attract long-term customers. In other prospective supply projects, in the news this week was Potal Energies, who have announced the first phase of feed for Papua New Guinea for the upstream, and for probably an integrated feed, including liquefaction, by Q4 2022. FID is still targeted to be Q4 for 2023. On to prospective LNG demand trends. And as at July, European importers had secured 13 FSRU vessels to really boost and augment deliveries into Europe. We're currently at a tally of Germany 5, which would total around 17 to 20 MTPA of import capacity, the Netherlands 2, Italy 2, Finland 1, Greece 1, Cyprus 1 and Albania 1. And there's at least six additional European FSRU projects which have been announced. In Greece, there are three, Poland 1, France 1 and the UK 1. And to bridge the gap between supply and demand, additional FSRU vessels may yet be redirected to planned projects from other regions. And the most likely candidates are FSRUs which were planned or have been chartered for India, Ghana and possibly also Australia. On now to another aspect here of LNG demand, and it is really about something extending beyond just simply LNG, and it's about improving gas connectivity through the pipelines of Europe. The EU has said it's committing $10 billion to improve the gas connectivity through pipelines and eliminating gaps and bottlenecks so that there will be a lot more streamlining of LNG imported into regas terminals and distributed effectively throughout Europe. That certainly is one to watch and certainly you can see that that has been a real problem over the last six months. And the last section is on short-term dynamics and there's a mixed bag of news here. On the one hand down in Australia we have industrial action at Shell's Prelude in northwest Australia it's continuing and Shell's told its workers it will stop paying them as at next Monday if they're not on site. Industrial action has been ongoing for 40 days and has disrupted the prelude output. On other outputs at the moment, there are some possibilities that Freeport LNG may be allowed a rolling start from September. FERC and the PHSMA authorities are going to inspect the plant at safety levels and its procedures. And the most positive outcome from that would be that Freeport could restart some of its uh, 13.5 MTPA production. Coming back to demand now, and Cogas has bought, I believe, 14 spot cargoes for October to March. And several other Asian utilities are coming back into the spot market, competing with Europe for LNG supply short term. Botash has also issued tenders for winter cargoes. All of this has caused prices to go up. 
And swap prices for September, a quick roundup, JKM, $40.96 per MBTU, TTF, $47.31, Henry Hub, $7.96, and Brent, $96.60 per barrel. LNG vessels, spot, 174,000 cube ship, in the range of sixty-six dollars to $74,000 a day. We'd have to say the outlook remains nervous. It remains bullish with upside spikes potentially. All of this is based on sentiment and what happens next in the supply-demand balance. So there we have it on a very, very hot day again in Europe, but hopefully with temperatures moderating now in the hot seat. So many of us are managing, I think, very, very difficult times at the moment. And I hope that next week when I do the LNG wrap, there will be some positive news to tell you. Thank you very much for joining me and look forward to speaking to you then. Thank you and goodbye.